What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 10 After 7 podcast with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. I'm recording this on September 11, 2018, a date that cannot be mentioned without remembering the heroes who sacrificed everything to save other innocent lives 17 years ago to the day, a date that cannot be mentioned without remembering those who lost loved ones to the horrific events that occurred. And weeks later, the Mike Piazza home run, uplifting moment for New Yorkers and across the United States. The World Series that year, one of the greatest ever played between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the New York Yankees. Everyone in America, maybe for the only time ever, were pulling for the New York Yankees. George W. Bush throws out the first pitch, snipers on the roof, throws an absolute strike. There's stories to this day of Derek Jeter telling him, you better not throw a ball, and you better throw it from the mound. George W. Bush went to that mound and delivered probably the best ceremonial first pitch of all time. And sports does that. It brings people together. It's the escape. And we're going to give you a podcast today. NFL's week one kicked off this past weekend. A lot to talk about. Aaron Rodgers' comeback. Hurt his knee in the first half. Chicago was up 20 to nothing. You blink and you know what happened. The Buffalo Bills may become the new Cleveland Browns, not winning a game this season. They got shellacked by the Baltimore Ravens, 47-3. The Miami Dolphins and Tennessee Titans played a seven-hour football game due to two weather delays. Ryan Fitzpatrick outdueled Drew Brees in New Orleans. And the Buccaneers beat the Saints. So a lot happened in week one of the NFL, and I'm bringing on my good buddy, Kel Dester, to break it all down for you. Huge Jaguars fan. We're going to get into that. And we're going to get into the big disappointments, big surprises, and some quarterback talk. So my buddy Kel Dester coming on next. Kel Dester. Mr. Michael Cody Stevenson. How you been, dude? This is a long time coming. Oh, it's been, it's uh, definitely been a long time coming. Well, at first, I want to ask you something, because I follow you on Instagram, and I'm seeing you okay. today, you're three feet away from Melvin Gordon. A couple of weeks yep. ago, you're looking at Ross Stripling, reading books to children. Let, let's let people, yep. let people know exactly what you do, because I'm interested. Okay. I mean, I work for CBS Sports in Studio City, California. I am a production assistant, but I also shoot for them. So I go out and do multiple events. Like today, it was a 9-11 charity event for the Chargers and also the Rams. So uh, just around the community, shooting events for sports and just another day in the life. Yeah, and hey, Ross Stripling's got to know that on your off days, you're going to Dodger Stadium and rooting for the Diamondbacks. Absolutely. Let him know right now. (laughs) But one thing I will let him know, he's a very good looking guy. (laughs) <laughs> oh, all right. He's well, Very Dodger, guy. Dodgers got a few of those. Yeah, yeah. Might be the best looking team in baseball, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's a discussion for another time. So no, I told people yeah, no. I told people you're a Jags fan. Now Die Hard. Da- die hard Jags fan. But there's there's a debate going on. And a friend named Dan Hangler. Giant Jaguars yeah, I, fan. I know of him. So who who's the bigger one? Because this is what Dan has on you. 
this kid told me a story last month that he used to go to every Keenan McCardell camp in Florida, and he actually, him and his dad, watched three a days. Wow. Well, guess he has that <laughs> on me, but what I have, I have a size kids small Mark Brunel jersey, and I have a picture of myself three years old on the inception of the Jags in 1995, family photo, repping a Jag sweatshirt. Ooh, with, also, with the family. Jaguar, Jaguar birthday Jaguar birthday cake on my fifth birthday. That's that's a battle right there. And we I saw the video that went went to our group chat to send to Dan, and Dan, Dan's heated about it. Well, tell him to come on. We could have a discussion. Yeah, that, hey, that's uh, next week. But, I'm going to try to set that up. But week one of the NFL, I know you're the biggest NFL fan. It's probably it's it's number one for you, right? Absolutely. So not a question. Start with biggest disappointments. And I'm going to go – I'm going to ask you, who was the biggest disappointment from a player? Not, we're not talking team yet. We're just going player. Who disappointed you most? Me personally, I don't even think it's a question. Matthew Stafford. I mean, what the hell? Four interceptions. The guy looked god-awful. I'm a huge Matt Stafford fan, actually. I think, to his credit, one of the toughest guys in the NFL. I know you actually saw it last night during that game. Dude was getting beat up, comes back in the game, throws another pick, but just a huge, yeah, huge disappointment. Big surprise, and yeah, didn't see that one coming at all. He's better than that. But I do think he'll be back next week, and he'll, he'll have a good year. Yeah, that was an awful showing from the Lions, and they start off getting a pick six, then it goes downhill from there. And you know Matt Stafford always going to put up the numbers, and Matt Patricia, oh, yeah. Matt Patricia comes in, and everything goes to shit, and even after the game, the Jets defense basically went to the media and said, we knew every single signal he was calling. So they had some intel on there. Mine, I'm going to go with another quarterback, and it's Big Ben. You can't, you yeah. can't have a worse performance than that. And this is the guy who has more wins in Cleveland than any other Browns quarterback since 1999. <laughs> he's, tw- he's 21-2 against Cleveland all time, which is the best winning per- uh, percentage of any quarterback against a single team. And he laid an egg against the team that hasn't won a game in two years. He threw three interceptions. He fumbled the ball twice and lost it. And he ends up in a tie. And you just can't do that. And especially, you can't even put the blame on the Steelers. Oh, they didn't have Le'Veon Bell. Because James Conner, the running back, touches the ball 31 times over 140 yards and scores twice. Can't argue with that one. It's awful. No, yeah. Yeah, terrible. Terrible is your reception right now. What? What are you in a? Are you in an igloo or something? <laughs> I'm, it's good on my end. Is it? <laughs> you, am I breaking up? No. Now you? you're good. See, for those three seconds, you're good. All right. You were you were breaking up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the disappointing team, and then you could jump on next. My disappointing team was the Cowboys. You might have expected it. The Cowboys should have expected it because their receiving cord is god awful. And they let go of Des Bryant this offseason. I looked at their – look at this receiving core. I took a picture, snapped a picture of it. Cole Beasley had the most targets with eight. <laughs> well, like what – That's – if, I mean, if, I think it starts with their quarterback on that one. You So you're going to say quarterback? He needs someone to throw to. I mean, they got Alan Hearns, your boy probably. 
They got a guy yeah. named Deontay Thompson I've never heard of. Jeff Swaim. And I mean, Michael Cole Gallup. Beasley getting the most targets in a game. This is this is not good. Michael Gallup, who's supposed to emerge as a, you know, potential rookie of the year favorite. I've heard that from a couple sources. He was nowhere to be found. Yeah, one no, one yeah. reception, nine yards. Yeah, I mean, but that not so much a disappointment for me because, like you said, I did expect that. I did not expect them to win that game. Maybe expected them to play a little better than they did, but. Definitely not my biggest disappointment. The final score was actually 16-8, to eight, a lot closer than expected because Carol- yeah. Carolina has a new offensive coordinator and you know the weapons they have. So I guess it's not a giant disappointment. And I love it because I can't stand the Cowboys. And me and you know living out here in L.A., there's Cowboys fans popping up everywhere. Absolutely with you on that one. One of my least favorite teams in all sports. So let's, 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 hear, uh, let's hear your most disappointing team. Hands down goes along with my most disappointing player, the Detroit Lions. I mean, kind of like the Browns aspect, kind of like the Jags aspect for me. I root for these teams that just cannot win. You know, they have some good years. All three of those teams I just named have never been to a Super Bowl. I mean, what the hell? And let's go with Matt Patricia. And I have an interesting take on Matt Patricia. The guy looks awful on the sidelines. And I'm not just talking about play calling. The guy's fat as hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, he does. Like, he looks like a cartoon character on the sidelines. And I have had – I was a college football player. I have had a take on coaches being fat, and they don't win. Fat coaches don't win. How could you be a fat coach and you're telling these world-class athletes what to do when you're sitting there pounding quarter pounders? And so I looked into it a little deeper. I looked into every Super Bowl coach or every coach that has won a Super Bowl. I only found four that were fat. And these guys are not even that fat. One, Mike Holmgren. He's Green Bay Packers. He's, he's not super fat. And that's what I would say. These guys are just husky. They're not even fat. <laughs> but but these, are the, these are the chubby guys, the only chubby guys that have won a Super Bowl. Mike Holmgren. Two, John Madden. Same thing. Kind of husky, a little chubby. Three, Mike McCarthy. And I'm reaching here, you know, because everyone else is kind of fit. And then the fourth, a guy I've never heard of, and I'm a big NFL guy, Webb Eubank, <laughs> who, won, who won a Super Bowl with the Jets. So, I mean, in my thing was – Yeah, but there's, mind, not, there's not many fit coaches. I think it's coming into play. It's like when Tiger started to get fit in golf, a lot more golfers want to get fit. I think once people saw Sean McVay – I think more people are like, all right, you know what? I think I'm going to start hitting the gym a little bit. I wouldn't say fit, but just just not fat. I mean, just not – he looked like a slob. I mean, how he's dressed and that team. I mean, it was just – I expected kind of big things from them this year. And, yeah, they might turn it around, but I don't think so. I mean, they look very bad. My thing with them as well, why would you fire Jim Caldwell? Nine and seven year last year, one game away from the playoffs. They're right there. He did a great job for them and give him up for a coach that has never been a head coach in his life. I mean, yeah, he was with the Patriots, had a lot of success, but the guy's a coordinator and you saw it last night. No, you see a lot of that with coaches. Guys belong as coordinators. I think the same thing's happening with Hugh Jackson. And for some reason, he's getting another shot, only winning one game in three years. I agree. You saw that in hard knocks with him. Yeah. What awful hard knocks. 
I mean, <laughs> I enjoy Hard Knocks. No, I love Hard Knocks, but I thought yeah. he was like the worst coach. He wasn't interesting. I hated how he did the. I'm, I'm not going to even get off on that tangent, but I do want to say one yeah. thing about your theory about fat coaches. He didn't win a Super Bowl, but Rex Ryan was a better coach when he was fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me there. <laughs> yeah. I was just looking, you know, Super Bowl winning coaches. That's what I looked into, and there's not many. There's not many. So maybe there's maybe there's something in the water there. I lo- I love the deep dive into fat coaches, though. That's a good one. We gotta get we gotta touch on that next week. Uh, <laughs> let's jump into biggest surprises. Uh, personally, I was fired up to see Andrew Luck back in business. The guy hasn't yep. played a game since January 1st, 2017, 616 days to be exact. He has the highest mm-hmm. career high in completions with 39, throws it 53 times. First pass was actually an interception, but he came back and threw for 319 yards, two touchdowns, and they ended up losing. But it's good to see a guy who, I'll tell you what, I might not have had a life when this guy was coming out of college. I, I still don't have a life. I watched that was the one pro day I actually watched and he didn't throw one incomplete pass. We know this guy coming out of college was supposed to be the next big thing. And against the Bengals, it looked like he was completely healthy and good things are to come. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm not a big fan because they're in the Jaguars division, but <laughs> he might be he might be a little bit of a scare this year. But I yeah, I was rooting for him too. And uh thing about him, I mean he blew a lead. They had it, a seventeen point lead. And you, you come back to lose by, don't know the exact number, something like 12, 13. I mean. Yeah, and they, they gave it up a few times, too. You just can't turn. It's a turnovers. That goes back to the freaking Big Ben. And he's a veteran, too. You just can't turn it over. Yeah, it'll kill you in the NFL. So who's your biggest Definitely. surprise player? Um, I have a couple, actually. Dude, if you, cut out, if you cut out one more time, I'm going to drive there and beat the shit out of you. Gosh. <laughs> I have a couple. All right. Obviously Fitzpatrick, but it doesn't surprise me so much because he's a proven player in the league. And touch on that, Jameis Winston should be worried for his job when he comes back. Yeah, I'm with that. Anyways, that's not the biggest surprise. That was just surprising. Pat Mahomes. I mean, the dude absolutely lit it up to uh, on a, against a team that many people have as a Super Bowl contender. You know, comes out firing, gives it to his weapons. I mean, he was he was tossing all over the field that game. And also, Deion Lewis, running back for the Tennessee Titans. I mean, the guy, uh, 16 carries, 75 yards, five catches, one touchdown on a team where I thought Derrick Henry's about to evolve this year and be the guy. And he outshined him. He had a very impressive showing. <laughs> let's be so, let's be honest. The only reason why you know that he's probably on one of your fantasy teams. No, he's actually. Not. <laughs> Is he really? He's actually not. Damn. No, he was just he surprised the hell out of me. I I watched the AFC South, Cody. That, well, geez, did you watch all seven hours of it? <laughs> but I I watch <laughs> I watch games. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I mean, Dion Lewis, biggest surprise of the week. I didn't expect that, but I do like your Mahomes pick because that's my surprise team. Because like you said, everyone was really? on a Chargers wagon. And classic old Chargers freaking turning the ball over. Seems like Rivers throws the ball 80 times, always coming from behind. Classic. I can't remember the last time Rivers had a lead. I might have been. Touchdown I've, drop. Yeah. Field goal misses. <laughs> Ser- like, seriously, I, Rivers might have had a lead back when I was in eighth grade. That was the last time. Yeah, might have to look into that one. Shot. But that, 
that team doesn't surprise me at all. They're a very good team. Good defense, weapons all over the field. I like the Chiefs. Men Mahomes, I've never, like, talk about a slant route being interesting. His slant route thrown to Hill, that was that was beautiful. If, oh, he's a guy. If you and can make a slant a route uh, look that good, I'm in. Under the radar guy, too. You know, it seems like I mean, some people are talking about him, but, you know, it's always it's Darnold, it's – you know, Baker, it's all these other guys. And he came out and, I mean, yeah, he's a guy to watch. All right, next topic. We're going to say uh, Jaguars, Giants. We're just going to let you have the floor here. All right, thank you. Um, what can I say? The Jaguars won a game playing bad. This team continues to be underrated. And if, you don't, if you're not on the Jag, Jags bandwagon at this point, Time to hop on because they are an absolute ridiculous team. That defense is one of the best I've ever seen, and I'm not biased. I'm a little biased, but oh, my gosh. Dude. They're linebackers, their safeties, their corners, D-line, all across the board. And that's one thing you can't say about any defense in the NFL right now. You can say it in pieces, you know, Vikings, Rams. Some of these teams have really good defenses. Even the Bears will put up there, but – just from top to bottom, that defense is a Super Bowl winning defense and can take them all the way. Offense a little bit disappointing, but like I said, I mean, I thought the Giants looked good. Saquon Barkley comes out and, you know, rips off that 68-yard t- touchdown, which, I mean, he's as, he's as advertised. And, I mean, yeah, I was incredibly impressed with the way in the NFL, that's how you do it. You know, if you can win games like that, Patriots, example A, they win many games like that where they have bad days, still find a way to get the W. And um, that's what impressed me most about the Jags in that game because I thought the Giants played really well. I mean, it looks like Odell's back. They got weapons. Eli didn't look bad. I mean, they torched Jalen Ramsey a couple times, which doesn't happen. But just you cannot score on that defense. Very tough. So Yeah, I watched, I watched that whole game. And boy, do I miss the days when the Jaguars were just easy money on Sundays, just because I had money on the Giants and I got burned. <laughs> oh, but you did. That, that defense, every time I looked up, because we had four games going on the screen, every time I looked up at the game, Barkley was getting stuffed. Every, before he ripped off that touchdown, he did nothing. I mean, five yards was probably his biggest carry. Yeah, it seemed like Calais Campbell was literally getting through every single time. Defensive MVP candidate for sure. Oh, hundred percent. And but you look at other guys on that. I mean, um, Malik Jackson, Yannick and Gogway, their new guy Brian Taven. I mean, these guys are just phenomenal. My favorite player of all time becoming Telvin Smith. A lot of people don't know that name, but if you watch football and you like middle linebacker play, one of the best in the league. Right oh yeah, now. he's t- he's up at the top for total tackles every single year. And and the Miles Jack. I mean, it's just. I don't. I don't. I don't think people were necessarily all in on the Jaguars. I know they were favored in this game, but I think they. This one, like you said, the Giants have the weapons, and it was in New York, and they were the Jaguars were still the favorites, and I think a lot of people were jumping on that Giants plus three, and I was one of them. I actually took Giants money line because I wasn't a true believer, but Bortles, uh, he gets the job done. I mean, all the shit talk Absolutely. has got to him. But he even – did you see him break that 40-yard runoff? That's what he does. No, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I've been since day one. He's a quarterback 
everybody's knock on him, you know, is the stat line and the, well, guess what? The Jaguars don't need him to throw 300 yards. He's no Aaron Rodgers. He's no Tom Brady. He's not that kind of quarterback. He gets the job done, just like you said. Will that I mean, become? Will it become an issue though with the Jaguars' receiving core? We know Marquise Lee went down. Allen Robinson's now with the Chicago Bears. You look at their receiving core; it's not not great. It's terrible. Yeah. That's my that's my only knock on the Jags. But again, like I said, I love their scheme. I love how they play the game because they rely heavy on their running backs. The play calling is so much better with Doug Marone. And, you know, they spread the field. So when – kind of like the Rams, not, not so much like the Rams, but setting up Fournette and setting up Yeldon for these running plays just opens up the passing game so you can just get these five-yard outs, quick slants, you know, plays to the flat, screen passes. And it's just first down, move the chains, first down, move the chains, get down to field goal range or score a touchdown. And then you give it back to that defense – I love teams like that. It's kind of old school football. No, hundred percent. I'm all about that football in the AFC Championship. I, I don't want to bring up sore subjects. They could have had that yeah. game. I think it came down to play calling. I thought Bortles played great. They just kind of took it out of his hands in the second half. Yeah, don't really want to talk about that game, but but Marone. Hey, hey, I'll say something about Marone, and you need to actually go to this podcast and listen to Doug Marone on part of my take this summer. Unbelievable. He talks about baloney for five minutes and you'll, you will laugh your ass off. He talks about how great baloney is because you could eat it in 10 different ways. You could wrap some cheese up in it. Just please listen to it. He's got to talk to my dad on that one. <laughs> hey, I'm a baloney guy, dude. Devin, Devin dad, shits my, on baloney. My dad pulls out the, the meat drawer, slaps some mustard on the baloney, rolls it up, and just. <laughs> yeah, that's what Marone. That's snack. what Marone exactly said. He says, "I gotta get out. I gotta get out of the house. I roll some cheese up in it, throw some mustard, and he said you can let it get old because once you throw that thing on the uh, pan, it kills all the bacteria. <laughs> it's, it's like a it's like a it's like a poor man's spam. <laughs> Jeez, just please let's do it. It's so good. We're gonna we're gonna pivot to the same game that I brought up earlier, Steelers Browns. I'm pissed off because why is everyone, why is everyone trying to give the Browns credit here? Five, five turnovers they got and they still tied this football game. I'm with them. You're with the Browns. I'm with the people that are proud. You can't be dude. And I hate this stat. It says best start since 2004 for the Cleveland Browns. They didn't even win a fucking game. They're undefeated. Go no, ahead. see, I'm out. I'm out. They're undefeated. No, they're not undefeated. And I hope they go 0-16-1 and or 0-15-1 because that'd be hilarious. Oh, I do. I do too as well. <laughs> I actually have a bet on the uh, under for their team total, which is five. Ooh, and my brother took over. So, no, I, everyone took over. But now, watching that hard knocks and looking at that team. But what I can say, that defense, four sacks, three interceptions, three fumble recoveries, and you still don't win? Horrible. Denzel Ward, who they took fourth overall, right? Two picks. Miles Garrett, he busts a couple bonehead plays. And he looks like he's going to be an all-pro for the next 10 years. And please, like, figure it out. Find a way to win. And that, like... That game was... Yeah, that game was actually amazing to me. Like... Oh, it was awesome. And the Browns fans, like, great. going nuts. And they showed that one guy in pouring rain, flipping off whoever. I don't know who he was flipping off. It was great. It was great. So, so your your team, 
Browns haven't lost yet. Yeah, they haven't lost. And but uh, my point is, what if what if they not win that game though? Is just the biggest Brown. It's the the Browns. Browns will be the Browns. That's and, it. That's my point though. They haven't done anything to deserve this. Oh, they. You know what? They tied. It's better better than a loss. Cody, they've won one game in two years. Yeah, and they botched this game. They haven't tied. They didn't. Fu- and it's and like you said, against the with the stats on the Steelers, and against that team, I mean, it's better than a loss. It's still better than a loss. Uh, so uh, so Hugh Jackson gets credit because I think he does. I think he shouldn't get credit. Hell no, he should not get credit. I agree. I think he's going to get fired halfway through the year. <laughs> my personal Jesus opinion. Christ. <laughs> I do. That guy needs to go. Hucky, Hucky win one game in two years. Your record's one and – I'm bad at math, but one and fucking <laughs> I think, 35. No, yeah, well, I think one – yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm t- probably worse than you at math, so we should probably just skip over that. I'm going to ask you about the Aaron Rodgers performance. There's athletes that we watch – for instance, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl two years ago, I made money off that because when they were down 28-3, to three, I said, dude, it's Tom Brady. Like, this game's far from over. There's LeBron. Like LeBron was the same way. Like, Jordan was probably the same way. And all the athletes, great athletes before him. Aaron Rodgers is that same guy. I took a great nap in the first half of that one because beers were flowing throughout the day. Woke up second half. Didn't even know Rodgers was hurt until Al Michaels mentioned it. And then from there, bonkers. He throws three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Unreal. 273 yards in the second half. More than 19 starting quarterbacks in week one. On a, on a, on a wobbly leg, which I kind of think was for effect. But. Don't, ah, don't be that conspiracy theory guy. No, I'm not. No, he's, he's the junior GOAT. And the only reason he's not the GOAT is because of the Super Bowls. I mean, that's it. And if he gets a couple more Super Bowls under his belt, there's, I mean, that's an argument. The, the guy's... Absolutely unbelievable. And just how he composes himself, the kind of cocky, thick attitude. Love it. I mean, no, he's he's a once-in-a-lifetime. We're watching – I've said this before. We're watching four or five quarterbacks that are the best of all time, in my opinion. I mean, top ten quarterbacks. It's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Um, blanking Peyton, Peyton went out. A couple years ago. Yeah, Peyton's out. Um, Philip? Yeah, should have had that ready. <laughs> no, I think uh, – ben Ro- Yeah, ben, ben Roethlisberger. But even though he's on his decline and um, – See, I, I think you're I, – I, I, We'll call it four. I think – We'll call it four, but there's a bunch. No, yeah. I, mean, it's just, I, I, I think Big Ben's a Hall of Famer because of the two Super Bowls. Same with Eli. Uh, we're watching, like, seriously, the – basically best era for quarterbacks. I I mean, we can't go back in time and tell you no what question, you, but, and great. Yeah. You're natural at this because I want to talk about the young quarterbacks coming up and what that new crop will be, who will be those next four guys. So we're going to look at the young ones. And this is a question I'm trying to change it up a bit because people say, Oh, who do you want to lead your franchise? You go a lot of different ways with that. People start to get into, Oh, well, who are you going to pay to go see? Uh, Who's going to get endorsements, you know, and all that bullshit. I want you to pick. If you could only follow one of these guys' careers, you have to literally follow it game one to his last game. And you can only watch those other quarterbacks when they come into town. 
Which one are you picking? Mahomes, Watson, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Dak Prescott, and whoever else you want to throw into the mix? Carson Wentz. Oh, there you go, dude. Skipped over that guy. Easy for me. It's easy for me. He's uh, He shows signs of that. I mean, last year, we'll see this year, MVP caliber player. And he's the guy. See, my thing with Deshaun Watson, we'll see. I'm not sold on Deshaun Watson. But how Carson Wentz plays, you can see it. I mean, you can see it's the same thing. And, I mean, yeah, you can't compare you can't compare any of those young guys to the guys we just talked about. But you can see glimpses. I mean, you can see glimpses of just, like, greatness, how he gets out of the pocket. And another thing I love about quarterbacks and he has on his pedigree is winning. I mean, the dude is an absolute winner. If you look at his college career, four national championships with uh, North Dakota State. It's just – and he comes into the league, second overall pick, gets overlooked a little bit by Jared Goff. I totally thought he should have been the number one pick in that draft. And last year's tore it up, tore the league up. He was the league MVP before he got hurt. And he loved the way he played. Yeah, I, li- I like that pick. And you bring up the way he plays. I mean, we saw how he got hurt. You know, quarterbacks can't – you know, they shouldn't do that anymore. It's not the smart play. He gets hurt when they play the Rams in week 11 last year because he's diving headfirst into the end zone. And unfortunately, yeah. a guy shoots at his leg and the rest is history. I love Watson. I love Watson because of the makeup as well. Winner in college. And I thought he got overlooked. I think he was the 10th overall pick. I mean, that's bizarre. The guy went up against Bama two years straight, beat him once. And that was after a first half where he literally got his ass kicked by those grown men on the defensive line. Yeah, I'm big on these upcoming guys being winners. And then you watch Cam, Cam Newton, you know, these guys that just, you look at their career, even in like high school, and they, they just always won. Deshaun Watson the same way. And then you have the other guys like Mahomes, not really a decorated college career, just put up a bunch of numbers uh, yep. under Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Sam Darnold, he's fascinating to watch because literally yesterday, he throws that pick six to start the game. The guy has the same facial expression on. It doesn't phase him. And him out of the pocket is fascinating. I mean, it gave me flashbacks at SC. I felt like every single game you watch this guy, he's running out of the pocket and makes pretty damn good throws. No, he looked good. He looked comfortable. I think the most yeah, the, the most boring one is Dak Prescott. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not a fan. I think he's uh, he's going to be a Derek Carr Jr. Ooh, hot take. Just uh, great first year. Lights it up. This guy's the guy. And uh, he's on his decline. I mean, already. Mahomes, though, we talked about him a little bit. He's a guy that has kind of the Aaron Rodgers effect with just strictly talent can make every single throw and throws that other quarterbacks can't dream of making. That's the thing with Rodgers. We call him Goat Jr. People already put him in that discussion with one Super Bowl because, like, that throw off one leg to Geronimo Allison in the corner of the end zone on Sunday night – Oh, unbelievable. unbelievable. Like you watch that all day. And Mahomes yeah. throws sidearm. He could throw it 80 yards. I, I would pick that guy personally because I think even if you follow that guy's career and it goes south, he's going to make things interesting. No, yeah, that's a good one. And too. he's not a very big dude. You know his height? What is it? 5'11"? I, that's what he looks like. I, I, was, I, was, I thought you would know uh, off the top of your head. I think he's 5'11". Yeah, or 5'10". I know he's in the yeah, fives. Yeah, I'm going with Mahomes. You're going with Wentz. I can't believe I skipped over Wentz. Yeah, I was, I was happy about that. Just came came firing, Wentz. Hey, I'm going with Mahomes. Two Hall of Famer trajectory right there. 
But hey, you're going to bring up Jalen Ramsey, the biggest shit talker. And you know, I love him because all <laughs> me and you did in high school was probably just talk shit all day, every day. It's great stuff. I mean, it's what you got to do to be great. Especially at that position. And you know how many people probably tuned into that Giants-Jaguars game? Not for the teams themselves, but for the matchup between Jalen Ramsey and Odell Beckham. Absolutely. That was all that was talked about pregame. So what did he say about NHL? This was your thing that you wanted to, you wanted to bring up. Absolutely cracked me up today. Let me pull up the exact quote for you. I know. Has he gone after Bortles yet? Once he starts talking shit about his own quarterback, I'm in. In that, uh, you know, he had that thing where he went down the list of quarterbacks and said, you know, average, he sucks. That guy's all right. He's good. He said about Bortles, and they asked about Bortles. He goes, Bortles gets it done. (laughs) (laughs) The cliche comment everyone says about Bortles. Just gets it done. Except Chris Sims, who thinks he's a 76th-ranked quarterback in the NFL. Chris Sims is it. Yeah, that is. Uh, and he won't back down from that comment. That guy's an idiot. <laughs> he literally goes on Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick continues to ask him about it, and he just doubles down. <laughs> well, anyways, Jalen Ramsey makes a statement to add to his major list of shit talking and says, give me six months. Give me six months, and I will be an NHL player. Something like that. That's not an exact quote, but something like that. Give me six months to train, put me on skates, and I'll be an NHL player. <laughs> and along with that were comments made by NHL players. If you know anything about the NHL, these guys are the most humble, you know, <laughs> just nonchalant, the complete opposite of the NFL. Yeah, you know, like, only two players in the NHL, or at least I do. Oh, oh wow. No, no way. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know the Kings. That's about it, though. Also a big NHL guy. <laughs> I'm a big NHL guy. So who made these comments? What do they say? Because they probably, they probably are going to make the comments that I'm thinking in my head right now. You're out of your goddamn mind. There's no way you're going to learn how to skate. Period. You're just not going to learn. It probably takes years to learn how to skate. All right. I'm pulling it up because just some of the comments are just so funny. So I need. Did Gretzky say anything? No, it's players right now. <laughs> He's not in the league. I'm, I'm screwing around. Oh, come on, Cody. <laughs> I'm screwing around. I'm screwing around, dude. I'm, I've become a big hockey fan. No, yeah, I was, I'm about three years deep now of being completely invested in the sport. It is now actually. I can't decide. You know, I love baseball. I know you're the biggest baseball guy, but it might be ahead of baseball for me. It's like football is at the top. Baseball and hockey are just like touching. Each I, other. Think gotta, I think you got to. I think you got to rank then, them by postseason, and I and hockey's up one hundred percent up there, and that like that will skyrocket them. That I think it's still between baseball and hockey for most people. If you talk about uh, postseason, so so first guy Connor McDavid. I know you've heard of him. Yeah, NHL MVP. He goes, oh, well, that's just not possible. <laughs> That nothing else, oh. just that. Uh, That's just not possible. <laughs> Jesus. Next guy, Chris Kreider, New York Rangers. If he's never skated before, 
I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> you gotta look at it. I can't. I can't do it justice. It's one of those. So he. So he didn't even. He wasn't from. even offended by it. He was all about it. Oh, all these hockey players not offended at all. Just laughing, making funniest remarks. You gotta look it up. It's just one of those things. Look for yourself on Twitter. I I, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's interesting though because I think that is legitimately the hardest sport to pick up. But my take on it, so um, my cousin actually trains professional athletes a bunch. He trains a lot of professional hockey players, professional football players, basketball, and baseball. And he has a hot take on this subject. <laughs> he thinks you take LeBron James, you take a Jalen Ramsey, and exactly what Jalen Ramsey said, you train them to skate, they could be out there and dominate. And then he goes, you, you, you put these NHL players – and put them on a football field or put them on a basketball field, they can't even, they'll like cross over their feet. They're the worst athletes he's ever seen. <laughs> Pretty hilarious. See, I don't, I, that's so tough because skating in general, I think like skating first has to take up like four of those six months. I mean, maybe I'm just talking about my athletic ability, but uh, like skating when and I then see, hand-eye coordination, like it, it's going to alter. And when I say, when I say athlete, I'm talking take a guy, put him on a basketball court, put him on a football field, you know, give him a bat, and these guys are going to do something. You know, Mike Trout, uh, LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James is probably great at everything. But to these NHL hockey players' extent, it is one of the most unbelievable talents, and that would never happen. It's very silly of Jalen Ramsey to say that. These guys are – it's incredible what they do on skates. That, Absolutely incredible. That would have been a big move if Jordan said, I'm retiring from the NBA and I'm going to go play with the uh, Blackhawks. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's, see, that's talented. <laughs> see, I, don't, I, I think hockey is one of the last ones you could do. Baseball, we've, oh, we've seen that I totally done. Uh, we haven't seen – have we seen basketball uh, – most tight ends convert from basketball to football, right? Definitely. Uh, I, bet, I, bet, I bet a bunch of NFL players could – not the NBA, but they can ball. Better, better athletes. Better athletes, hockey players or baseball players. Hockey players. Why do you say? These baseball players. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some of them, man. I mean, it's the only sport you could put a lawn chair in in left field. The guy can sit on a lawn chair. Realistically, all in. You could put a margarita in his cup. <laughs> He could sit on a lawn chair, and realistically, the guy can have sit there all the entire inning. Get up after three outs, run back to the dugout, put some put some chew in his mouth, get some seeds. Well, well, shit! If you get a goalie big enough, he could get a margarita too and just sit there and take fucking shots off the chest. Hell no, no! <laughs> These guys are sniping it top shelf, five holing guys. Those guys are probably actually the best athletes out there. The things I've seen goalies do, I've only seen on Pornhub. <laughs> I mean, those guys just they, – they must do yoga on their off days. I think baseball and hockey have the least athletic people. And what, like, like I just said, athleticism being take them out of their sport, put them in a different sport by far. But I've had this conversation but, with Devin because Devin can't throw a baseball. He's, yeah, really? And you see basketball players, like there's been terrible ones. I think John Wall had an awful one. 
Like, if you're going to consider yourself an athlete, doesn't throwing a baseball have to be considered? Yes. I mean, yeah, I, that, I don't, I don't think throwing a baseball is very hard. So that's kind of hard to believe Devin can't throw. A baseball oh, it's hilarious, dude. Follow, follow, follow 10 after seven on Instagram and check it out. I have a video of him at the beach. He's throwing it from his ear. Like it's a football. I was going to say, you can throw a football. I can't <laughs> throw a baseball. Can, can he throw a football? Can he, can he catch a football? He dropped some balls back in the day. Yeah. He, he's, he's a DB. He's on defense for a reason. <laughs> That's classic. Anyways, Kale, thanks for coming on. It was awesome. Reception could have been better. We're going to work on it. I'm going to have you on next week. We'll talk week two. Do you, are you a college football fan too? I Not so much. Not as big. I'm an NFL guy. I definitely follow it. Any football. You got me at football, but I have my reasons for college football. As well. All right. We got to debate that next week. Anyways, thanks for coming on, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, Kale. I really appreciate it. All right. Man. Take it easy. And that's it for the 10 After 7 podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll do better on the reception next time. You could follow me on Twitter at 10 After 7 or on Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. We'll be back on next week to talk about football and Dodgers hopefully take over first place in the NL West by then. I'll see you later. Woo! Go Dodgers.